Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I found this in the years of walking with the Lord. Not all the time, but many times the direction God will call us in will be one that will require faith. God doesn't generally call us in a direction that's most comfortable. Many times God's calling is calling us into something where you're going to have to trust me to go in this direction. You won't even see how it's going to work out. You're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. You're going to have to walk in obedience. You're not, you're not going to go because it makes sense. You're not going to go because you figured it all out. You're going to go that direction just because I said so. Has the GPS ever gotten you lost while you were driving? You listened to the voice and it sent you in the wrong direction. But you trusted the voice and unfortunately, he or she gave you bad advice. Pastor Bill shares that when you get directions from God, you can trust Him. But you have to learn to trust Him by exercising your faith. And many times, He will lead you in directions that you didn't expect. You thought you were going right, but He sent you left. Backward, but He sent you forward. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 32 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Well, we're coming to the close of the book of Numbers. We've been making our way through pretty uh, I won't say rapidly, but uh, at a pretty good pace. And I don't title all the chapters, but um, tonight's chapter, um, the topic or the things that we'll be looking at in the chapter, I would, if I were to give it a topic, I would call it making wise decisions. We're going to look at the tribes of Israel. They're, they're right now about ready to break over into the promised land and start taking hold of all the things that God had promised them over time. And we're going to find that one of the tribes gets a little comfortable on the wrong side of the promised land. They get, they get comfortable and have to make a decision about whether they will or won't go over. And I believe that we'll see how, how not to make decisions. Uh, they're going to show us how not to make God-led, spirit-led, Bible-directed decisions. So Numbers 32, starting at verse 1. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, the, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eliezer the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, and I'm, all these names, you know, bless me, Atarab, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elale, Shabam, Nebo and Beyond, like Dion with a B, um, the country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. So now we're going to go back up. So the tribe of... Gad and the tribe of uh, Reuben, we'll find out later, have the tribe of Manasseh that came from Joseph. They, they have a lot of uh, livestock. And I want you to think about the decision-making process they went through. They said, hey, we have lots of animals. And this land on this side has, looks like this is where we probably should stay. We should probably stay put. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable here. I know that my livestock will flourish. What did livestock equal to them back then? Money. So your livestock was your livelihood. So if you had a lot of livestock, you had a lot of money. They basically are saying, I think we'll do better financially right here. 
And so the first question I would ask you to consider is in making decisions as a believer, is it to be a first consideration how this benefits you financially? Is that the way that we're to make decisions? So we look at something and say, I think this one will be, I'll, I'll have more money if I do it this way. That's not a right way to, it might be a factor. I'm not saying that you go the other direction that you have the least amount of money in. I'm just saying it's not to be a leading factor in the decision. But they said, we have livestock, there's a lot of grass right here, I think we're supposed to be right here. And so they said, uh, you know, verse one again, it says, um, we have a very great multitude of livestock and when they saw, the second thing I, I noted, they saw, that means they looked with their eyes, they saw that the land was very, you know, green and lush and everything else. I just was reading this over and thinking of other times when this happened. And one instance I think of is over in Genesis chapter 13, if you remember the story of Abram and Lot, when they were getting ready to split ways, they said Lot had, they both had a lot of livestock and Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen were going at one another. And as Abram came and said, you know what, let's part ways. The land's not sufficient to support both of us. You pick whatever way you want to go, Lot, I'll go the other way. And it says, Lot looked with his eyes and he saw Sodom. He didn't say one prayer. He didn't say, Lord. He just looked and said, Sodom is green and lush. I think we'll do great over there. And so we want to be careful about making decisions just with the naked eye. Just looking over and saying, that looks most comfortable for me. I found this in the years of walking with the Lord. Not all the time, but many times the direction God will call us in will be one that will require faith. God doesn't generally call us in a direction that's most comfortable. Many times God's calling is calling us into something where you're going to have to trust me to go in this direction. You won't even see how it's going to work out. You're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. You're going to have to walk in obedience. You're not, you're not going to go because it makes sense. You're not going to go because you figured it all out. You're going to go that direction just because I said so. So they looked and they saw that the land had a lot of green and they, they were intrigued by that. That was a, a factor for them. Um, verse 2 said that they came to Moses and they came to the leaders. They came to the, all the people listed in verse 3. And this was their plea. They said, and this is, you can hear the human reasoning if you look at verse 4. It says, they came before the congregation and they said, this is a land for livestock and your servants have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. And they asked, do not take us over the Jordan. Here's the problem with that. Who had told them to go into the Jordan? The Lord did. And what did God tell them was waiting for them in the Jordan? The, the jo over the Jordan was the land of promise. Over the Jordan was God said, everything that you guys have been waiting on, everything that, you know, the people that died off after 40 years in the wilderness didn't get to go. Everything that I have for you is crossing over into the Jordan. What I've been preparing you for now, mind you, there's a lot of unknown. They haven't been over there yet. So they know there's some battles to come. There's some wars and fights. There's some, you know, preparation of land and whatnot. But God said, I promised that land over there. And I just, I see this, I see it in me, I see it in other people that many times what we want is the road of least resistance. I want the thing that's just gonna be the most comfortable for me. Um, I don't wanna walk by faith. No, I don't think anybody in their flesh wants to walk by faith, nobody does. I would love if God were to say, hey Bill, here it is man, I'm gonna give you a calendar with the rest of your life planned out. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen, when it's gonna happen, when you're gonna be broke, when you're gonna have money, when it's gonna work, when it's not gonna work, where you're gonna go, how long it's gonna last, when that trial comes out. What if God just gave me all that, I'd never have to pray again. 
I'd never have to, I'd never, I'd never be, you know, I just, it would all be figured out. And God doesn't give any of us that. It's God's calling us to walk by faith, to trust him, to seek him, to walk in obedience, to trust him beyond what we can see, to be able to get a word from God. It's like, God, you said this, but I don't see how it will work, but I'm going to keep going just because you said so. How many of us have received a word from God at some point in time and we just walked after that word? God, I just, I don't see anything materializing, but you said, so I'm just going to keep going in that direction. That's how God, God, I'm just going to, I'm just going to speak to you. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and you're just going to walk in that direction. Um, I was talking to someone earlier about um, when, when my wife and I were, were not engaged, when we were, when we were friends, if you want to say that. And, you know, I was thinking that, you know, she was really digging me, and, um, and I was really digging her. And I was like, we, we probably just need to go ahead and get married. So I, I did, you know, probably a really immature thing, but it was like, I said, hey, I, I had a talk with her. I said, hey. Once you write down, I want you to write down all the things that you want in the person you would marry. And I met, my expectation was that she was going to describe me to a T. I thought she was going to say 5'11", just shy of six foot, you know, this build, you know, X, Y, and Z. I was looking for her to describe me. That list, that list didn't describe, the only thing that I was on that list was saved. I, that list was from the devil. I hated that list. I kept it in my Bible. I prayed against it, you know. But um, I, remember, I remember that list. And this is the crazy thing because I believe God has spoke to me like, that's her. That don't, don't, don't look anywhere else. That, that's your wife. And I'm like, but she has, she, she has no idea, Lord. I mean, she, don't even, she ain't even claiming me as a, girl, a boyfriend yet. You know, like we're, we're still technically friends, but we wasn't friends. She was lying, you know. But that's how it was. And um, I, I remember at that era, like there was nothing in the physical realm that said marriage was happening in, in a year. But I, God had spoke to me, like that was it. That was, she was the one. And so, you know, eventually I broke her down and we got married. <laughs> and I rushed her to the altar too. She was like, let's, let's make about three years. No, we brought that thing down about one year flat and we got it done. So anyway, sometimes when God is calling us and directing us, there won't be physical evidence that it's going to work out. God, you said do that, and I don't have the material to make that happen yet. And you got to just go by faith. That's what pleases the Lord, right? In Hebrews 11 says, God says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It doesn't please God when I walk by sight. It pleases God when I say, Lord, based on your track record, I just trust you. If you said it, I believe it. That settles it. I'm going to move in the direction that you give me because you're God. And even if I can't see it, I see you and I trust you and I move forward. And so... What they're saying here is a very rational thing. They're saying, look, we have livestock. If this land is a land for livestock, it just makes sense that we should stay here. Boom. That's how they made their decision. We should stay. And they said, please don't, don't take us over the Jordan. And uh, real quick, as they rationalize, because that's another way that we're not to make decisions, right? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Promise. Right? God says, trust me with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't sit there and rationalize your own mind. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Those are all the commands, what to do, what not to do. And then God says, and I'll direct your path. Promise. They said, we have livestock. That's a good land. Boom. That's leaning to your own understanding. It made sense at the moment. Um, but if you guys remember the story of Lot, right? Lot looked at Sodom and said, man, this place looks awesome. It's all lush and green. We're going to do great here. But what happened in Sodom? Tore up his family, 
Lot end up being a leader at the gate. How he get to be a leader in the gates without compromising? Something Lot lost over in Sodom because when he went to his son-in-laws and said, hey guys, the Lord said we got to get out of here. They said, man, get out of here. You're joking. They had no respect for him. He lost something in Sodom. His own wife, he lost her in Sodom. As they were heading out, she was like, but, but she looked back at something. I wish I knew what she looked back at too. I don't know what she had in Sodom. I don't know what the draw was. Something in Sodom had her heart. And she looked back longingly and God said, you don't get to go. Pillar of salt. Lost his wife. And we can read through that real quick. That's kind of a big deal. They had been married. They lost his wife. That one decision. And then, if you remember the story, when they got to Sodom, they were only there one year. And guess what happened? They got raided. People came through and pillaged them and took everything. And took the wives and kids, everything and everybody. And Lot had to call Uncle Abe to come on and come back down and get all this stuff back for him. But so he was there, but he was there in turmoil. He was not there in peace. He was not there with God wasn't with him in that move. And, and he had to live with that. His story ends sadly. You know, the end of the story, God destroys Solomon Gomorrah. Lot has his daughters, doesn't have his, his wife, his daughters think that God destroyed the whole world. They're like, we, we're not going to get to have husbands and kids. And so they got their dad drunk and slept with him. And so the sweetest thing for an old man is your grandkids. His grandkids were the fruit of his incest with his daughters after he got drunk. Like, even the latter end was like, ugh, not even sweet. That's how it ended, off of one bad decision. One thing that he looked with his eyes and said, that looks like the best way to go. So we want to all be cautious of that, right? Because one, we have the Lord to seek. We can go before the Lord. We have the word to go to. We can pray. We have the Holy Spirit, a guiding principle to lead us, to guide us, to convict us, to, you know, to move upon us. We don't want to be people that with all that's available, God himself, the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, with all that available from God, we don't want to be people that said, well, it just seemed good to me. That's not taking advantage of everything God made available. So that's what they did here. Verse six says, again, they requested that they would not, do not take us over the Jordan. Verse six, and Moses said to the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? And so Moses' first concern was, he said, wait a minute. I mean, everybody else gonna have to go to war and y'all gonna sit here and do nothing? And he's like, that's not right. And what he understood too was, you're gonna stumble other people. You're gonna have an influence. You're doing nothing is gonna have an influence. When everybody else sees that, I think I wanna stay over there too. I don't really wanna go. Everybody don't wanna go to war. That was scary. It, it, they hadn't shook that off completely yet. They're, everybody's getting ready to have to take some steps of faith. So to see one tribe or two tribes that decided, no, we're going to stay over here and chill. He said, that's going to stumble everybody else. How many, how many of us have ever considered that our inactivity is stumbling people, right? Are not walking by faith, that there are people watching all of us. And just like when you're a person that walks in faith, you inspire others in faith. Well, when you're a person that's complacent and does nothing, you inspire that too. And so everybody here should consider that there are people watching us. And when you're someone that walks by faith, there are people that get to stand by and watch what God does and what happens as a result. And they get to be inspired. There are people that I know that have over the years inspired me to take steps of faith. I have friends that have taken just, I mean, grand steps of faith, like just boom. I have a friend that a buddy of mine that there was a church plant that they were going to be a part of and he was a pastor on staff at another church and God had spoke to him and some other friends uh, to move out to an area where there was no church and plant a church and his wife was pregnant and I remember talking to him the day that the, the U-Haul was packed 
and they were moving to this area. He didn't even have an apartment to go to or a job. It was like, man, God just said go. So we're in the U-Haul and it's like, dude, my father-in-law hates me right now. I, I, got, I got his daughter, I married her, I got her pregnant and, and with their first child and now we're moving to, to God knows where. He was on staff at the father-in-law's church and now he's, he's like, man, everybody hates me right now but like God just spoke to me, so I'm going. And I remember just being on the phone with him, talking, we prayed as they drove out and it was amazing to me to get to stand by and watch the miracles. They got out there in the U-Haul and the wife was making calls on the way out there and some apartment building had somebody that just had left and the guy said, man, I think this might just be meant to be. You guys come on over here and check it out. And they went and they checked it out and he let them move in without a deposit. They don't have a job though, not yet. So he gets out there and goes and now he, he used to be a youth pastor so he had a bus license. And so he got out there and I don't know where he was at a Denny's and saw the little thing where you can snatch it off and, and call and there was a bus job that was ready for him. He got a bus driving job, went boom, boom. In a week, apartment, job, bam. And the church went awesome, blew up. It's amazing. And I remember just as a friend watching, I'm like, dude, God is awesome. Like that was, someone else might hear his story and be like, no, they had it all figured out. No, they didn't. Like I, I know him personally, like they didn't have nothing figured out except God said go and they went and God was so faithful every step of the way. Just like being a person of faith, once again, as you take steps of faith, as you trust God beyond what you can see, you will inspire people that are looking at you from afar, just watching and seeing, seeing. So some people are so chicken, they're just gonna watch you and see how it works out. But when God's in it, it works out, don't it? Comes, it always works out when the Lord's in it. But the same thing is true in the negative. If you won't step out beyond what you can see, then that's what you'll do to those that are looking to you as an example. They've been saved longer than me, and if they won't go beyond what they can see, then that's probably the way to do it. If they won't step out, that you'll, you'll, you'll inspire people to be just like you, complacent, a naysayer. I don't know if that, I'm not the Lord's in the hammer showing me, I'm still praying about it. I, I think sometimes Christians come up with some of those kind of terms. They sound spiritual. I'm still praying about it. And a lot of times when people say that to me, you know what I know? The, the reality is, I'm just being disobedient right now. But what I'm saying, I'm still praying about it. Praying about what? Sometimes there's nothing to pray about. Y'all know that? Sometimes there are times in the Bible where God says, stop praying. You need to go do right now. Pray, you prayed enough. I already told you what to do. Imagine when you tell your kid, go clean your room. And they come back and they want to talk to you about it again. That, that's rebellion, right? If I said, go take out the trash. Don't be in my face five more times saying, but mom, the kitchen, I'm, go take out the trash. Go take out the, there's no more instruction needed. I don't need five more conversations with you about that. Come back to me after you take out the trash. God is no different than that. When God has said, I want you to do this, you can't be back in this space 20 times about 10 more items and God's like, I said, go do that. You haven't taken a step yet. You got 20 excuses, but no steps. Let's don't be like that, right? They, they had come up with a reason not to go and possess all that God had promised. And if you're sitting here and there's something God has given you to possess and you haven't possessed it yet because you haven't taken the step, maybe you're a little bit afraid, maybe you're lazy, maybe you're complacent, whatever. May you be inspired, pray the Holy Spirit would just stir you tonight that you would go do something. Go do something. Do I mean, something. Take some step in the direction of the thing that God has spoken. Go do something and just get the ball rolling, but don't talk about it again. Don't have another prayer session about it when God has already spoken. Go do something about it. Amen? All right. So they went and they said, we don't want to go. And Moses said, man, shall your brethren go to war while you just sit here? He, he, he's disturbed at the thought 
that they're going to be sitting on their duff while everybody else is at battle. He said, that's going to be bad. Look at verse 7. Now, why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land into which the Lord has given? And that's what he said. That'll be the net result. You got like staying back. You're going to discourage everybody else from going in. And what Moses has in mind is what happened earlier. Remember earlier when the spies went out, it was the, it was the spies with a negative report that discouraged everybody else from going. They came back and they didn't want to go. So they said, you know what happens when you don't want to do what God says do? And you start validating and making excuses for it. You start justifying it. And, and it sounds good to everybody's flesh, yours too. That's what they, they said. Come and say, man, you guys, the land is, is truly flows of milk and honey. Like God said, forget about that though. The giants, the Anakim are there. The, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. I mean, the, the cities are fortified. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we, we can never take that city. Never mind the fact that God said he's given it to us. Never mind that God said, wherever you put the foot of your, your soul or your foot, I'm giving it to you. Never mind any of his promises. Never mind that, that he promised to give it all to us. Never mind that it actually flowed with milk and honey, just like he said. Man, we saw some stuff over there. Man, we shouldn't go. And everybody said, yeah, we shouldn't go, except for Joshua and Caleb. And that's what Moses has in mind right here. He said, man, you're going to discourage everybody else with your rationalizations and your reasonings. And so he goes on in verse eight, he says, thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. He said, that's what your fathers did when I sent them. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day and he swore an oath saying, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land, which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because they have not wholly followed me. And he says, look, this is what your fathers did when they wouldn't go. And he's reminding them of the, the net result. You know what ended up happening was none of them got to go in. We, we haven't moved forward until they died off. And he says, you know why? Because they didn't wholly follow the Lord. And that word holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, it means complete, absolute. I mean, if there's nothing lacking in your following, they wholly, completely, absolutely, with nothing left behind, they followed the Lord. Just Joshua and Caleb did that. They, they didn't wholly follow me, he said. And so a question for all of us here today, could we say that we are wholly following the Lord? Each of us. Um, we're all called in general, to have a certain kind of life and walk as believers, then every believer, there's some specific things that God will call us to. Could I say, could you say, could we say that we are wholly following the Lord? All the things that God has spoken to you, you're doing it. The things that God has directed you in private, that you're, you're moving in those directions, that we're wholly following the Lord. Nothing hindered, nothing left behind. There's, there's no parts of our life where we're holding back from God, that we're wholly following him. Because we know from Joshua and Caleb that that really pleased God. Because God said, look, nobody's going to go except those two. I'm singling out Joshua and Caleb. I will not punish them with you guys. They wholly follow me, they get to go. You guys didn't, you get to die before everybody else goes in. And I want you to think about that too. These are believers, many of them. They died. God said, you're going to die without ever seeing it because you didn't trust me. These two over here, they're going to live longer than you guys. And they're going to see more than you guys because they trusted me. Right? People that walk by faith, this is, a, this is a fact. People that live lives of faith see more. I can't say you live longer, but you see more. There are people that are walking by faith, they, they know God better. How come? Because they, they've seen him in deeper places. How come they saw God in those deep places? Because they went at his word and God showed up. 
And so the people that I know that are walking by faith, there are places where you get that far out there and either it's, if God don't show up, you sink. And you get out there and God shows up and you know his faithfulness a little better. You can trust him in a deeper way. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, He corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to Him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that He taught them are the same ones He teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for Him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what He's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that He was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the Teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.